Uninformed immigrants are at a huge disadvantage in court, in financial and legal matters, and also sometimes in life. Well, what can we do about it? I'll tell you what. We can train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to maximize their lives regardless of their immigration status. And that's exactly what we're going to do here. I am your immigration lawyer and host, Otis Landerholm, and this is the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. Two, one. All right. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Welcome if you're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. Like, hello, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to another episode of Deportation Defense Live. Today we're going to talk about I've been deported when... How and can I come back? Okay, that's our theme for today. Again, I've been deported, but when, how, and can I come back to the U.S.? So I am Otis Landerholm. I'm your host of the Empowered Immigrant Podcast, and um, today's episode, we call it Deportation Defense Live. Um, And so welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being here. Remember, Deportation Defense Live is here to train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants who are facing deportation to make the most out of immigration laws, to make the most out of their lives, and to win their cases. All right? So are you facing removal in immigration court, or do you know someone who's facing removal in immigration court? Because if so, you know that it is not easy. It's an uphill battle. The laws are against us. And here at the Deportation Defense Live, we're here to maximize your chances of winning that case. So today our theme is, I've been deported, when, how, and can I come back to the U.S.? Okay? And so as we go, if you've got questions, as always, please submit your questions. I'd love to answer your questions and, uh, you know, um, we'll, we'll jump into it. I like to start with an empowerment tip this morning. Um, my tip this morning is that progress, all right, that progress often starts with discomfort. All right, progress often starts with discomfort. And I want to share, this weekend, I got up, I put on a wetsuit, all right, I drove to the pier, and I jumped into 65-degree water in the San Francisco Bay, and I swam 1.1 miles, okay? The water was so cold that it knocked the air out of me when I first got in. You know, it's like, (gasps) too cold, yeah? But I've I've got a goal right? I've signed up for a triathlon. It's a serious event this summer. I'm making progress towards my goal. And to make progress towards my goal, I've got to push myself. Okay? So my tip is, hey, don't be afraid of discomfort. The more you fear discomfort, the more you'll stay stuck. Like face discomfort, push through what you need to. It makes you, one, feel more alive, 
but it also allows you to grow however you want to grow. All right? And what I just said most certainly applies to an immigration case, if you think about it. Right? Sometimes it's not comfortable to immigrate to a new part of the world. Sometimes you got to face the discomfort. All right? Just saying it. Just saying it like it is. So now I'm going to get into the theme for today. Thank you for listening to my empowerment tip. Hope it was useful. Hope it was helpful. Please tell me if it was. Welcome for everybody joining. All right? On Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. It is the 9th of May of 2023. Now I want to I want to talk about the theme today. All right? Which is I've been deported in the past. How when and can I come back? So here's a story for you, okay? Husband, we'll call him Mr. G, all right, was deported as a 19-year-old young man, all right? Then he re-entered unlawfully, was here for years and years and years, no problems for the next 20 years of his life. He eventually marries a U.S. citizen, They have two daughters together. Then, in 2019, he was arrested for a DUI. Went out with some friends, had a couple drinks at a local bar, felt like he was sober enough to drive. Big mistake. All right. He was arrested by the police. They transferred him immediately to ICE because he had a deportation order back when he was a young man of 19 years old. Right? So they did not give him any hearings in front of any judge. They did not give him the right to fight his case because he already had a deportation order against him. They deported him. And so devastated, his wife came into our office and asked for help. And it's like, how can we help my husband and the father of my two daughters to come back to the United States. These are some of the saddest cases that we see. All right? And so um, I'm not going to answer the strategy yet. I'm going to take you through the law first. Okay? So the basics, remember everybody, the basics is that if you've been deported in the past, you either have inadmissibility for five years, a five-year bar for expedited removals. I won't get into too much into that. Or you have a 10-year bar, all right, if you uh, were deported by a judge and have never re-entered. Or in certain situations, like Mr. G in our scenario, he has a 20-year bar against him, okay? If he uh, was... Well, he's got more than that. He's got a permanent bar also, but we'll get to that, okay? So the deportation itself causes either a 5-year, a 10-year, or a 20-year inadmissibility, depending on the type of deportation it is, okay? Which means you can't get a visa or a green card or fix your papers, for example, through family, um, to re-enter the U.S. during all that time, uh, without some serious, um, 
you know, uh, sometimes you can do what you can do waivers, okay? But, um, but absent a waiver, you cannot get a visa or green card to reenter the U.S. during all that time. All right, the second thing you got to know is that when you're in that situation, if you re-enter the U.S. after it, like Mr. G did originally, you then become subject to reinstatement of removal, okay? Which means that if they catch you, they can deport you again instantly. So if you've been deported, best advice is don't re-enter the U.S., talk to an immigration lawyer first. And the reason you want to talk to an immigration lawyer first is because you want to strategize, how can I waive the bar? That five-year bar, that 10-year bar, that 20-year bar can sometimes be waived, everybody. All right, and you want to maximize your chances of waiving it, which means that if you've been removed, you want to talk to a lawyer before doing, like don't re-enter the U.S. unlawfully. Let's waive that bar first, okay? So question number one really is, can I come back? Can I come back? And here's some things to keep in mind, okay? Sometimes a 10-year bar, for example, doesn't mean that you can be eligible after those 10 years. It, it depends on if you have other legal inadmissibility issues. Like sometimes the deport bar is the easy one, all right? Sometimes there are other more fundamental underlying problems in a person's immigration case. For example, if you have immigration fraud, if you have uh, arrests, if you have a false claim to U.S. citizenship, you might need separate waivers for every one, every one of those. All right? And some of those you can't waive. And so some of them, like a false claim to United States citizenship, if you lied and said you were a U.S. citizen for a lawful benefit, then... You, that's not waivable, all right, um, with a couple of exceptions, mainly for U visas, but through a family-based case, it's not waivable. So the best advice, the best advice is start always with a consultation to really get to the bottom of what are all the different issues to make sure that each issue that you have, legal issue, in your case can be waived, so the question, can I come back, really the question we're answering is, can your inadmissibility issues be waived? Some, some inadmissibility issues can be waived, others cannot. Sometimes a tool that we use to help assess, help determine whether or not someone has triggered inadmissibility issues is something called the FOIA process. FOIA's Freedom of Information Act requests allow lawyers, allow people to really request all of the records that the government has in their case, and it can help us determine what inadmissibility issues were triggered in the past um, that would require an additional waiver and whether or not it can be waived, okay? So before I move on, I'm saying a lot, but we're doing good, and welcome. Thank you all so much for being here. Before I move on, I want to give you a little bit of an announcement, okay? Here's an announcement, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in, all right? Uh, one uh, week from tomorrow, we have a webinar, all right? We have a webinar coming up on the seven things to avoid when you're filing for a U visa. 
That webinar will be in Spanish only. The first, at least the one for next week, it will be in Spanish only. This is for people who are filing for U visas. All right? It's one week from tomorrow, so it's the 17th of May at 4 p.m. Pacific time. It's absolutely free. If you're filing for a U visa, you won't want to miss it. Okay? You can register for it right now if you want by clicking in the link in the description of the video. All right? And, um, uh, and if you're watching us right now on Instagram, you might see the link in the description after the video. Okay? But if you're seeing it on YouTube or through other places, you should see the link in the, in the description for the video. So if you're interested in joining our webinar on the seven things to avoid when filing for a U visa, again, it's in span the, the one that we're doing next week is in Spanish only. And so, um, so join us for that. Um, and we'd love to have you. All right. So we've talked about can I come back after a deportation? Now I want to answer the question when. When can I come back after a deportation? Is everybody with me? Okay, and remember, if you've got questions, I see um, Agadarag Abdul, I see you've got your question there, and Yoli Flowers, I see you got your question there. If you've got questions, send me your questions, not a problem, all right? So the second question that I want to answer for our theme today is when can I come back after a deportation? The answer to that is it depends, all right? Sometimes you can request a waiver of the deportation order. We call this the I-212 waiver, okay? Um, sometimes you can apply for the I-212 now, or as soon as the I-130, the petition is approved. Sometimes, though, the law requires you to wait outside the United States for 10 years first. All right, and that's just the reality. So the question uh, there is whether or not you're waiving only the deportation order, in which case you could file that waiver now, or do you also have a permanent unlawful presence bar? Because the permanent unlawful presence bar requires waiting outside the U.S. for 10 years before applying for the I-212 waiver. Okay, so that's the answer to the question about when can I come back. And finally, to kind of wrap up this topic, the third question is, how can I come back? Okay? And basically, there's four steps, everybody. There's four steps to bring a family member back after they've been deported. Step number one, you have a family member file the petition. All right? It's got to be a fa family-based petition. U visas could work also. You know, asylum doesn't. Motions to reopen in certain situations could. Very difficult, though. Basically, file a family petition, all right? Step two, use that petition when you're ready. Go to the U.S. Embassy or consulate, all right? Our office would help you schedule that interview. They're going to deny you there in that interview, and they're going to ask you to submit waivers. So step three, you prepare and you submit all of the waivers, all right, which in our office... Waivers are about 200 pages each of documents establishing why you warrant uh, a favorable exercise of discretion and how your family members would suffer 
if that waiver weren't approved. That's step three. That will take a long time. Waivers are very slow right now. Three years process approximately, okay? Just for that step. Step four, once those waivers are approved, we send those approvals back to the consulate or embassy, and then they can issue you the visa so that you can enter the United States. Okay, that's the how. Okay, so coming back to my story, Mr. G, all right, what do we do to fix his case? He had entered as a 19-year-old young man, was deported, right? Then he re-entered, was here for years, married two children, later had a DUI, was deported instantly because of the first deportation order. What do we do? What do we do? Step one, we request all of his FOIAs. He's got a record from the past. We want our hands on it. We want to know what exactly happened. All right? Step number two, we discover that, yes, he has a permanent bar. His deportation order was reinstated, and after reviewing those documents, we can see that it was done properly, right? They were, there wasn't like a legal deficiency inside of his prior deportation order. So the only way for him to waive it is to wait for 10 years first in Mexico. All right? My advice to him during that process is to maintain, keep proof, keep records, keep evidence of his presence in Mexico all those years. Rent, bills, photos, medical records, whatever he's got, to be able to submit to immigration 10 years in the future that he's been maintaining his residence in Mexico. Okay? Step three is, after nine years, his wife should file the petition. All right? Maybe eight and a half, nine years, because it's going to be, there's going to be a processing time for that petition. All right? Step four is, after the 10 years, he can request the I-212 waiver. Once that's approved, he can get his visa to re-enter the U.S. lawfully. All right? But that's 10 years, people. 10 years apart from his wife. 10 years apart from his two daughters. Like, that's brutal. All right? That's brutal. Um, and 10 years apart unless his wife and his daughters moved to Mexico with him during that time, which is tough on everyone too. Like there's no, there's no easy way to fix this. All right. But that's the reality that a lot of people are in. A lot of people have that case. All right. And that's the, that's the reason why one, these cases are some of the saddest cases that exist, but two, it's like, gosh, if we could have given him a method or a option to reopen his case before he had his DUI in 2019 or before he was literally deported from the U.S., if we could have fixed it while he was still here, it would have been so much better, so much simpler for him. So anyway, that's the reality. That's the reality. And, um, and I wanted to share it. I wanted to explain it. That's all for my legal topic today. And so um, let me get into your questions, and then we'll wrap up. And first of all, thank you for everybody joining, all right? YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, like, thank you so much for joining. Um, so um, some questions. 
Agadarag. U visas from 2017. How long will we have to wait? All right, thank you. So U visas from 2017, right? We uh, are seeing already, you should have at least gotten your work permit through the bona fide status determination process. If you haven't had that yet, if you don't at least have your work permit through your U visa yet, then you should talk to a lawyer because it should have come already. Our office has seen some approvals for some of the cases that we filed in 2017. Okay, so really it should depend on when in the year of 2017 you submitted your case. Our cases that were submitted the first half of the year um, are receiving approvals or have received them already. And the, it's like the last, the end of 2017 that the government is working on right now. And so, um, you know, it shouldn't be too much longer. Um, but it will depend on when during the year your case was submitted. And, you know, maybe they're request, maybe they have, maybe it's before an officer right now. Maybe they'll request additional evidence on your case. Maybe there's, you know, some additional circumstances um, in your case that might have caused it to be delayed or slow, slower than normal. But, uh, but um, basically, for the majority of U visas that were filed in 2017, it's coming up. It should be either adjudicated or ready to be adjudicated soon. Okay? The next uh, question I see is from Yoli Flowers. All right, Yoli Flowers. Do I need to make a petition for my sister who entered last year with parole? Well, got it. Um, Yoli, thank you for asking that question. Where is your sister from? All right. The reason I ask is because it's not easy to get parole. And most of the paroles that are happening right now are from Ukraine, Venezuela, uh, 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 Haiti, Cuba, and Nicaragua. All right. And so, um, and so one question is, is because... If, if your sister is from any of those countries, she very well might be advised to file for asylum. All right? A sibling petition, a, a, um, you know, if you're a U.S. citizen, you have the right to file a petition for your sister. Yes, absolutely. The problem is those petitions take years, right? You're talking 14 to 20 years of time depending on your country of origin or your sister's country of origin. And so sometimes the sibling petition is, the, is not the best strategy. Sometimes there's some other strategy. Even either your sister could renew her parole or file something else, for example, asylum, depending on her circumstances. She's from Guatemala. Okay, so how is she paroled into the country? Um, you might... Maybe the best advice is to talk to a lawyer about her case. Was she paroled into the country for the purpose of filing for asylum? Was she paroled into the country and given a notice to appear in immigration court? Um, in either of those contexts, you're going to need to talk to an immigration lawyer. A, a, a sibling petition isn't going to help her. All right, You might file it just as a plan B or a plan C for the future, but it's probably not the best um, real strategy to fix her case. Okay? All right. So, everybody, thank you all so much for being here. Um, those are all the questions that I've gotten for now. And I do need to wrap up so that I start this episode in Spanish. Okay? Um, friendly announcement again. 
next week, uh, next week on the 17th at 4 p.m., we are doing a webinar on the seven things to avoid when filing a U visa. So if you've been the victim of a crime in the United States, if you're considering applying for a U visa, please tune in for that. You could subscribe or, or register for it in the link in the description of our video here right now. Um, that first one will just be in Spanish. Um, and so if you speak Spanish, join that. Um, if you don't speak Spanish, we will do uh, an, a, uh, webinars um, in the future in English. I'll be announcing those. Um, we are trying to constantly uh, provide more content um, and more ways to engage about your cases. Um, and so we're going to be starting doing webinars, okay? And these are absolutely free. We'd love to have you, okay? So um, Yoli Flowers, I see you. Thank you for asking your question. I appreciate it. And Agad Rag. Thank you for asking your question as well. Um, if I still, if you have a question that I haven't answered, hey, please still submit it because I can answer that in a video. We can upload it to our YouTube channel. It helps everybody, right? If this was useful, hey, please subscribe to our channel in YouTube or give us a thumbs up or a heart or whatever um, in whatever platform you're seeing this on, okay? Um, and, um, and if you have an immigration case, hey, please give us a call. We are here to help. We would love to help. Um, thanks, everybody, on Instagram. Manuel, I see you there. And Mel Silva, hello. Thank you. I see you there. Paul and Gianna and Kiwi Pena, hello. Thank you all for joining me on Instagram. Everybody on YouTube and Facebook and TikTok and LinkedIn, like, thank you so much. My name's Otis Landerholm. I'm the founding attorney here at Landerholm Immigration APC, where we fight for your American dream. I really appreciate you tuning in today. Um, and we'll see you next time on our next episode of Deportation Defense Live. And if you want to join me here in Spanish, I'll start in just a few moments in Spanish. Thank you all so much. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye.